Hey, good morning, black people. What's going on? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to welcome everybody. Welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. I'm down here in Atlanta this week. We uh, did a premiere or a, a brief sneak peek of our new movie coming out uh, this summer called B1 The Movie, where we are making black-owned movies that are going to be seen by millions of people. And so we hope you'll support the film uh, because we need a black-owned movie industry. We need to stop leaning on Hollywood, uh, who is exploiting our image. We need to stop begging uh, the other man for opportunities. We need to start building our own institutions because that's where the power is. And so anyway, as we move into this conversation, I want to say good morning and happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh, hello. Hello. As you come in, uh, put your B1 in the chat and uh, just say hi. Let me know what city you're from. So uh, today I want to talk about Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders is uh, someone that we discussed earlier this week. But I had a thought this morning as I, as I was doing my, my run on the Beltline with my wife. A thought came to mind, and it was an economic thought. And it's a thought that has not been heard by anybody in the Deion Sanders conversation. Nobody in the Deion Sanders conversation is making this point. So I thought that it'd be interesting to make this to, to talk about this because it lays into a heavy, heavy, heavy financial lesson. And I want you all to understand that. Now, before I begin, I want to say hello <clears throat> to my name is Corey, B1 to you too. Uh, Alfonso Davis, B1 stands for Black First. That means putting our community at the top of our priority list. Dave Rogers says, tell your wife to show her feet. Aren't you funny? Uh, get your kinky ass out of here. Uh, James Ruff, B1 from Hampton, Virginia. Give me a yes if you can hear me. Let me know if you can hear me okay. Uh, quick sound check. Give me a yes real quick. Also, this podcast is on Spotify. If you look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify, you'll find me there. And, uh, and I won't take too much of your time. I'm actually going to meet Killer Mike, uh, the rapper, who's a great guy, and his wife. Uh, we're going to go on a double date today for lunch. And um, and I love Killer Mike. We love his wife. And, uh, and and I look forward to talking to him. His brother's been a friend for about a decade, and I have so much respect for him. Anyway, so let's jump into the conversation, Lewis Hayes and Andrea Swain and Alfonso Davis and Christy Wheeler and uh, Emmy from Dallas. All right, so Deion Sanders. All right, so let me explain to you why I'm talking about the Deion Sanders thing. Uh, we all had the conversation before about whether Dion should leave Jackson State to go to Colorado. Dion made the decision that worked best for him, the one that made him happy. It's the one that worked best for his family. Uh, and I think that that's fine. And I, I want you to give me a yes if you understand that that part of the conversation is over. Give me a yes if you understand that it's okay for you to agree with Dion. Give me a yes if you understand that it's okay to disagree with Dion. I want to make that point because I don't want to get into I, I don't want to get into tiny arguments. I don't want to get into small-minded discussions. I want to talk about high-minded, high, higher-level conversations. Uh, like my brother, Nineteen Keys, has high-level conversations. I I like high-level discussions over here too. You know, I, I like high-level uh, you know just conversations that go beyond the petty stuff. I'm not here to argue over whether or not the man had the right to choose his job. He had every right to do that. What I want you to understand is this. Here's what I want you to understand. This is something that no one else, no one on ESPN has said this. No one on mainstream media has said this. No one else on any YouTube channel has ever said this. And uh, and I think maybe part of the reason I see this is because my PhD is in finance and I see wealth in, in a different kind of way. And I want to share this with you because this is an, a very important economic lesson, a very important economic lesson. And here's the point. Deion Sanders got robbed by the University of Colorado. In my view, based on what I know, Deion Sanders, and there he is. He's in, unfortunately, he's, he's going through some stuff right now, and I wish him the best. Deion Sanders is getting robbed, in my opinion, by the University of Colorado. Let me explain why I think Colorado robbed him and they got him for a steal. How, give me, answer me in the chat. How much money did Deion get paid to go to Colorado? I want you all to write it in the chat. 
How many of y'all know? How, how much money did Dion get to go to Colorado? Let's see if you let, let's do a quick quiz. Deion Sanders is getting $5 million a year to work for the University of Colorado. That's a lot of money, right? Right? You know, $5 million a year. Okay, it's cool. That's great. He wasn't getting that he wasn't getting that money at Jackson State. We know this. You know, it wasn't he wasn't getting $5 million, you know, I think it's five years, five million a year, $25 million, whatever. Okay. All right. So here's what I want you to understand. And I'm gonna try to make this argument as simple as possible and explain to you clearly why Dion got robbed. Let's start from the very basics. Does anybody know um, that uh, how much University of Colorado spends every year on their annual budget? Does anybody know what the annual budget of the University of Colorado Boulder is? It is $2.14 billion. This year, their budget, their annual budget increased by another $70 million to $2.14 billion. And if you divide that out, that's approximately $6 million a day. Six about six six point five million dollars a day, so the amount of money that Colorado is paying Deion Sanders is literally, literally, according to the budget that I found on the internet, uh, and I, I, I looked around, I did a lot of searches on it to find the official documents. According to their annual budget, as posted online, the amount of money they pay Deion for a year funds their doesn't won't even fund their school for one day. Now, why is that important? Well, I want I want you I want to ask you this. Um, would you agree with me if I said to you that Deion Sanders, by going to the University of Colorado Boulder, instantly made the University of Colorado Boulder one of the most relevant brands in college football? Would you agree with me that seeing Dion in all his swag wearing University of Colorado Boulder gear increased merchandise sales for this school that was literally in the toilet? of their conference. They were literally the worst school in their conference or one of the worst. They hadn't had a winning season. I think they'd had two winning seasons in the last 20 years. Would you agree with me if I said that Deion Sanders being seen on national television uh, wearing Colorado merch increased the value of their merchandise sales? Give me a yes in the chat if you agree. All right. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Give me a yes in the chat if you agree with this. Would you agree that University of Colorado football ticket sales have gone up as a result of Deion Sanders being their head coach. Sorry, give me give me a, give me a Sorry, yes. I'm Hold on, you. my phone is. See, this is these devices always listen to y'all. Hear that? My Apple Watch literally is like eavesdropping on my conversation. I ain't even said nothing to it. So y'all got to be careful with these devices. Go watch Black Mirror if you want to see what what they're going to eventually be doing to you in terms of how they're spying on you. But anyway. Yeah. Um, let me explain why the answer is yes. They sold out the spring game. The spring game is basically a, a glorified scrimmage. The spring game is a scrimmage. It's like a dress rehearsal. And they sold out the spring game. University of Colorado Boulder, University of Colorado football has sold out the entire season for the first time in 20 years. In 20 years. So, so, so no, if you say no, you're wrong. Look up the data. Just look up the information. They literally have sold out their entire season for the first time in 20 years. Now, let's do some quick math on that. Their stadium, I, I talked about it on my Instagram this morning. My Instagram is the Real Boyce Watkins, and, and I made a mistake. I, I assume their stadium held 80,000, but actually it doesn't. Uh, I looked it up. The, the specific number is that their stadium holds about 53,000 people. 
Now, th- now let's assume that that the average ticket price at the stadium is a hundred dollars a ticket, and I'm explaining to you why that's a, that's a really bad assumption. But let's assume it's just a hundred dollars a ticket on average. So that's fifty three thousand seats, a hundred dollars a seat, five point three million dollars per game. They play six home games this year, from what I counted on their schedule. Six times, uh, times. Uh, so, so you have, so you pay five point three million per game times six. That's a little more than thirty million dollars a year, about thirty one point five million dollars a year, and that's from the ticket sales alone. So, again, compared to, so, so I'm gonna ask y'all a question. Give me a yes or no. If you could buy an asset, if you could buy access to an asset right now, for five million dollars. And see, y'all hear that? Yeah, my Apple Watch talking to me. My Apple Watch is literally trying to listen to me, and it's answering me. I didn't even ask it a question. Um, but um, but seriously, if you could buy an asset for five million dollars, and you knew this asset was going to make you thirty-one million dollars a year, would you consider that to be a good investment or a bad investment? Give me a yes or no. Would you make that trade? Well, you don't have to have a degree in finance to to answer that question. Would you, if you could spend five million? And make thirty-one million a year off the five million. Would you do it? Give me a yes or no. Answer me. So, so Colorado, and this is just ticket sales. This doesn't include merch. This doesn't include uh, television deals. This does not include uh, all of the other intangibles that, that that pop up. This doesn't include all the concessions. This does not include all the the, the additional enrollment in the student body. This doesn't include any. This just this is just the ticket sales. I'm not. I, I mean, this ain't even the big drop in the bucket. TV rights deals. Are, oh, you, you don't think ESPN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Amazon, and anybody looking to air a college football game isn't bidding to get the chance to see Colorado on TV? You don't think they're signing hundred million dollar contracts to get access to Colorado football? And, and 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 you're right. And you know what? Philmon makes a good point. Philmon says a hundred dollars a seat is a low assumption. That that's conservative. I'm I'm being nice when I make this point because I have to be nice because there's so many people that think that this is all about me uh, hating on Dion. And I don't hate Dion. I was a Cowboys fan, man. I loved Dion before you did. Some of y'all, I loved Dion when y'all were in elementary school. I love this guy. He's a great. He played for my Cowboys, and I'm I'm the big Cowboys fan. Still am. So, so I don't have nothing against Dion. I think he sold himself short. And why is this important? The, the reason this is important, G. Brown, who's stalking me like I owe him child support, the reason this is important, G. Brown, is because this is the number one reason why black people don't have any wealth. This is the number one reason why black people as a community don't acquire the wealth that we deserve. The number one reason black people don't acquire the wealth we deserve is because sometimes we don't know our value. The reason we don't get the wealth that we deserve is because sometimes we're looking for a good job instead of looking to control actual institutions. The reason we don't have the wealth we deserve is because we don't understand the difference between hiring an employee and acquiring a corporate asset. $5 million a year is what you pay a good coach who comes to your school and wins games and coaches good football. $5 million a year is a decent salary for a good coach. Deion Sanders is, in my opinion, a very good coach. 
But what you don't understand is that Deion Sanders is not just a good coach. Deion Sanders is a corporate acquisition. There is no corporation on this earth or any other surrounding planet where that generates $100 million a year that you can purchase for just $5 million a year. There is no corporation on earth. Give me a yes or no if you understand what I'm saying. There's no, you go out here right now and try to find an or an entity that generates a hundred million a year that you can get for five, where, where your, your total, your total expense budget per year is going to be 5 million. Go find me that asset where you ain't going to pay at least a billion dollars to own that thing. You're going to pay at least maybe seven, eight hundred million if you're lucky. If you can buy the asset when it's distressed. Dion is not an employee. Dion Alfonso Davis, who is obviously a genius. Dion is a brand. Do you understand the difference? But <clears throat> to give you a glimpse into my life, I got to fight with a bunch of people who still have that paycheck mentality. I got to fight with the Negro naysayers who look for a problem with every solution. I got to fight with the people who want us to stay broke, busted, disgusted, sitting around complaining about how white people got all the money. <laughs> well, a lot of it's because you don't see your value. So, so what I'm saying to you is that, in my opinion, my thesis, and I stand by my point, is that Deion Sanders, he talked about getting robbed at Jackson State they 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 just took your duffel bag and and maybe a maybe maybe you know your your nice watch and and a, and a pair of sneakers. Colorado's robbing you for hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They they robbed you for of at least a billion. Anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Share. Subscribe. I'm gonna share a little more data with you to make this point. We're talking about Deion Sanders in Colorado and my theory as to why I believe Deion got robbed. I want to remind everybody, we got a new movie coming out. I was in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, we did a sneak peek of our new film called B1, the movie, directed by Rick Mathis. Uh, we're not selling this movie to anybody. Uh, it's a it's a multi-million dollar asset. And uh, it is all about your community. It's got your stars from your community. Everybody from Dr. Claude Anderson to Queen of Four, Vicki Dillard. Uh, 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 just so many great people. Blue Pills in the movie and all kinds of great people in the film. And uh, there's actually a picture with me, D1, and Blue Pill, Red Pill, and uh, and also Rick Mathis, the director. We had so much fun last night in Atlanta, and I can't wait to come back uh, to do the screening. But there's a ton of other people. Rizla Islam's in the film. Uh, Brother Nuri Muhammad's in the film. It's just so many great people. And it's all about uplifting our community, making our people great. Madam President, uh, there, we had a panel discussion with Madam President. There's Andre C. Hatcher. He wasn't in the film, but uh, but he's a, he's a great brother. Uh, he's done so much for black people. And then also you have another brother, Christopher Emanuel, who is uh, helping black fathers to build black strong black families. And I talked to Christopher for many, many, probably about an hour or so. And I really, really liked him a lot. And, uh, and I just want to give a shout out to all the solid people that are investing in our people and not just trying to impress white folks. No disrespect to white folks, but uh, we got to take care of our own first. So anyway, that movie's coming out this summer. And also I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's an Amazon bestseller. So uh, if you'd like to go take a look, feel free to go to Amazon. Uh, it's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. All right. So let's get back to the Deion Sanders conversation. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, this podcast is also on Spotify. If you look up my name on Spotify, you'll find it there. So again, I stick with my original premise. Deion Sanders, uh, the great champion that he is, I believe he's being robbed by Colorado. Now let's go back into this. We were talking about how Deion 
is being paid $5 million a year. And I explained to you very directly, very clearly, a couple of things. Number one, Dion's uh, annual salary is literally less than the University of Colorado spends on their annual budget for one day. They cannot operate 24 hours uh, with the amount of money that they pay, pay Deion Sanders for the entire year. So their one-day budget, which is about $6.5 million a year, based on their assessment that they put online of a $2.1 million, billion, excuse me, billion per year, uh, literally they can't, you know, the, the amount of money they pay Dion is one day's uh, income for them or one day of their budget. Uh, the other thing that, the other point I made is that if you look at ticket sales alone, uh, University of Colorado Boulder is going to generate at least an extra uh, 50 to 100 million or more per year from Dion's presence at that school. And the point that I was making to you guys earlier is that Dion isn't just an employee. Dion Sanders is a corporate brand. So uh, I, the, the lesson here, the financial lesson that I want you all to pick up is to understand that there's a difference between hiring an employee and acquiring a corporation. Uh, Dion was a corporate acquisition. Uh, they could have hired other coaches who, who could coach just as well, who have lesser names, uh, who could have won just as many games, and, still, and, 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 and they wouldn't have paid them as much as Dion because Dion brings something bigger than just football. Dion's bigger than just the gridiron. Dion's action happens more as much off the field as it does on the field. And I think that's really important to understand because that's bringing a billion dollars in extra value to a school that was really losing. University of Colorado Boulder had not sold out their season tickets uh, for the last um, 20 years. They haven't sold out their season tickets in literally 20 years since they had uh, great teams. I think Rashawn Salam played for them back in the 90s and uh, Eric Bieniemy and some other great players in the 90s. Since the 90s, University of Colorado has been straight doo-doo. Absolute, complete, like the like the green stinky doo-doo uh, that sits in your toilet that makes you really feel like you need to flush it. University of Colorado Boulder was garbage. Now they are a pristine brand. Deion Sanders has single-handedly uh, recaptured the magic of that school. And again, I want to reiterate that I'm not wishing him ill. I want to see him win. I can't wait to see what he can do. I hope that he can do something great with that team. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Now, here's another point I want to make. Somebody mentioned earlier an accurate point. Uh, I made the assumption when I was talking about football tickets that they were $100 a piece. You know, I remember that I made that assumption. And and part of it, you know, it, it should be somewhat reasonable if you look at this, right? Uh, you go to vividseats.com. They'll show you if you look for Buffalo, uh, University of Colorado Buffalo tickets, they say as low as $71, as low as $71. So I thought, okay, well, if they're selling them for as low as $71, then the, maybe the average ticket is about $100. But let me show you what I found. I went to another site to try to buy tickets. And literally, these are the ticket prices I saw. And if you can read that screen, give me a yes if you can read that on the screen. When they have, they have the minimum price on that scale at the top. They have the minimum to the maximum. The minimum is over $400. So they don't even give you the option to buy a ticket for under $400 and something dollars. So, so now, again, this, this is not, this is not, you're not talking about University of Alabama. You're not even talking about Ohio State, my 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 Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I got my PhD at the Ohio State University. Uh, you know, th th you're not talking about schools like that. You're talking about a school that could not give their tickets away a year ago. You're talking about a school that took an asset, their tickets, that was virtually worthless. And now this asset, you can't even buy a ticket. You can't even act like you want to come to a game unless you're ready to drop $500, $400, $500, $600 a ticket for the mediocre seats. This is what I found. This is the numbers I found. And you see the ticket prices go well into the over $1,000. So, so $100 a ticket is clearly uh, an unrealistically 
uh, overly conservative assumption. The more realistic assumption would probably be at least, let's say, six times that amount. So instead of us talking about $30 million in additional ticket revenue as a result of Deion Sanders being at the University of Colorado, you're really talking about more like $180 million a year just from the ticket sales. That's just from the ticket sales. I am not talking about the merchandise. I am not talking about the concessions. I am not talking about the television deals. Just the ticket sales. So my point is to, to make, again, I want you to just process it in a very simple way to get the financial lesson that comes out of this. If you could spend $5 million a year on an asset that generates you $180 million to $200, $300 million a year, would you take that investment? Would you take that deal? If you were, if, if somebody said, I, I got this thing that's going to make you an extra $150, $200 million a year, but I'm only going to charge you $5 million a year for that, for, for this asset, would you, wouldn't you be thinking that that person was a sucker? Seriously, like, would you or would you be thinking, oh, they, wow, they're really a shrewd business person? Seriously, I, I'm not talking about Dion. I'm not dissing Dion. What I'm saying is I'm really talking about us as a black community. One of the things that, that we do on a regular basis that that really it costs you, it costs you heavy during integration is you think that when white folks give you a job, that somehow they're doing you a favor. You don't understand that when they hire you and they bring your black, your, the sweetness of your melanin into their spaces they're not doing you a favor you're doing them a favor they're not upgrading you you're upgrading them you just spent your whole life worshiping them and putting them on a pedestal even vladimir putin said that vladimir putin literally believe it or not i was kind of surprised when i heard this the brother told me this last night vladimir putin literally said the same thing he said y'all put white people and europeans on a pedestal he said africa's got all the riches africa is gonna be <laughs> the wealthiest continent on earth in about a hundred years, but y'all really want to be up in Europe. And, and so if you go back and you look at African-Americans and the way you're indoctrinated in the school system, you are indoctrinated to believe that you are nothing. You are worthless until some white guy comes along and gives you an opportunity as if you could not create your opportunities yourself. And, and yesterday when I, I was on a podcast, with another brother from the NFL, his name was Stevie Bags, and there's a picture where it's a, the podcast is called Hardly Initiated, and this podcast was started by Tyshawn. Uh, I don't have his last name in front of me, and another brother who are both former students of the Black Business School. And the Hardly Initiated podcast is excellent; it's growing. I think my buddy, the Wall Street Trapper, was just on that podcast, and uh, so yesterday Stevie Bags and I were on this podcast. D1 was there in the studio with me. Stevie played in the NFL. And uh, Stevie was a great athlete. He, he's in the HBCU Hall of Fame. He also is an, he's an actor. He's on Black Mafia Family. Uh, the, I guess that show, I guess it's 50 Cent. I, I never watched it, but Stevie Bags is on that show. And he's a great guy. And we talked for a very long time. And one of the things that we talked about uh, that really got my attention was, number one, Stevie said something that really surprised me. He played 10 years in the NFL. And he said, if he could do it over again, he said, I would never have done that. I never would have played. And I was very shocked to hear that from a very successful player. But I also heard that from another guy um, named Antoine Randall L., who I met uh, at another speaking engagement, who actually uh, won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said the same thing because of the brain injuries and all that. Um, now, the second thing that Stevie brought up that was interesting, well, we talked about this, and I explained this, and he, he jumped in on that point because I said, one of the things about 
being a man. Deion Sanders has talked about being the man. He's talked about, you know, about, you know, if you are that dude, then you know you're that dude, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'm that dude. And, and he was that dude. If you knew Deion as a football player, he was extraordinary. And the thing about the thing that made Dion extraordinary was Dion in, in, in one area where he manifests his masculinity as a, it was a, as an athlete because he was a playmaker. And I said, one of the things about black men is that our great black men, the men who are strong, the men who are capable, you have to be able to manifest. Your manhood is measured by your ability to manifest, whether it's manifesting a play on the football field. Making making something happen when there's when nothing's going on, making something take place that wouldn't have taken place had you not exerted yourself or, or, or something basic like manifesting money so you and your wife can pay the bills that month. Right. My father was a playmaker. My father, when my mother said we don't have enough money to pay the bills, my father would go out and be a playmaker. He would manifest some way to get money into the household in order for us to pay the bills. He didn't just say, oh, well, you know, the white man ain't hiring, the white man didn't give me an opportunity, right? That that to me would be an insult to his masculinity, his divine masculinity, to sit around and say that the reason I can't feed my wife and children is because another man will not allow me to do that. That is an insult to you as black people. So here's my point. Here's why I, I've, 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 I've expressed my personal disappointment and sadness about seeing Deion Sanders feel like he's got to sort of cup up under mediocre-ass Colorado in order to be relevant, is that I've always thought that Deion Sanders had the potential to be a playmaker. I thought that he was a guy that could really manifest, even if University of Colorado didn't want him, right? I, I saw him manifesting for HBCUs. I saw Jackson, uh, you know, Jackson State be more relevant than they've been in, in many, many years. I saw uh, national television outlets centering and focusing on HBCUs in ways that they had never done before. I saw millions of dollars coming into Jackson uh, that wouldn't have been there otherwise. So so, so my point is that he was manifesting. And, and Stevie Baggs and I, we were talking after the interview, and he, he showed me a tattoo on his neck. He said, man, I wanted to jump in when you said that thing about being a playmaker and whatever. I said, why? He said, he, he showed me a tattoo on his neck. He said, man, and, and, uh, and it says Shakespeare. I said, Shakespeare? He said, yeah, they used to call me Shakespeare because I made plays. He said, when I got on the field, I made plays. And they, that's why they called me Shakespeare. And I said, wow, that's great. Because Shakespeare, as you know, he wrote plays, right? He made a lot of plays. So they called him Shakespeare because of that, right? So my point is to say, um, you know, I really want to encourage every black person, every person in here. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the men. I'm talking, I talk to the men because I am a man. And it's easier for me and it's Father's Day and whatnot. But really, I'm, I'm talking to everybody. And the black women are kind of already doing it, to be honest with you is I want to encourage you to be a playmaker, you know, uh, and, and that means seeing your worth, even if the world does not, you know, being a playmaker means that, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm going to still get my points, even if you don't pass me the ball, right? That's what a playmaker does. A playmaker says, even if the play isn't run for me to score, I'm still going to find a way to score. Michael Jordan could do that, right? So, so black people got to understand the white man ain't never going to pass you the ball. The only way the white man's going to pass you the ball is if he doesn't have an open shot for himself. If he can't score the points himself, he's not going to pass you the ball unless he's gotten to his third or fourth option. And then when the game is over, he's got 40 points a game and you're averaging four because you're waiting patiently for him to pass you the ball. So what, what I would say is this, look, uh, you know, I want to get back to the Dion thing. And I know some people, they'll never be convinced that, that I, that I, that I love Dion. They'll always think, 
that I'm just mad and I'm being a hater. And that because that's the language people understand. That's simple language. Oh, you a hater because you know you're critically thinking about something. But uh, again, I was a big Cowboys fan. I loved Dion. He was my favorite player when he played for the Cowboys. But at the same time, you know, I think that what you got to understand is that Colorado got the same deal with Deion Sanders that Major League Baseball got when they signed Jackie Robinson. Jackie thought that they were doing him a favor by signing him when he didn't understand that he had all the damn talent. He was the, the multi-million dollar asset. He was the prize. You know, he was, so, so he ends up being uh, almost like an economic simp in the sense that you don't understand that you're the prize, but yet you're chasing around some mediocre person because you have low self-esteem. You know, I really don't think that Dion had to leave Jackson to make more than $5 million a year. I could have sat down and explained to him how to make 10 or 12. It would have been easy. <clears throat> Why? Well, because he was, he was a billion dollar, at least a two, three, $400 million brand for that institution. And when you have a brand that's that valuable, that gets that much attention, that draws that much media, you can monetize that brand. You can merchandise that brand. You can take that brand and you can sell that brand. You can, you know, like having land. If you're sitting on $10 million worth of land, you should be able to figure out a way to make money from the land without having to sell it cheap. The only time you sell it cheap is when you haven't been trained on how to monetize it. And one of the shortcomings of black economics in, in this country, one of the reasons that, that, that the black wealth disappears, one of the reasons that black wealth is not growing is because the only way we know to monetize our greatness is with a job, with a goddamn job. And the thing you must understand is that there is a difference between getting a job and actually owning an institution or owning a brand. You got to understand the difference between making a hire of an employee versus making a corporate acquisition. Deion Sanders was not an employee that was hired. He was a corporation that was acquired. So again, if you think like a boss, then you understand this language. And if you don't think like a boss yet, let me let me help you out. If you think like a boss and somebody says, I got a business you can acquire that will only cost you $5 million a year to run, and this business is going to rake in $180 to $200 million a year, you'd be a damn fool not to take that deal. In fact, that deal would be so good that you would say that it's too good to be true. You would wonder what is wrong with the person who is offering me the chance to make $200 million a year off of an asset that's only going to cost me $5 million a year to run. That's an insane profit margin. I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to earn 10% profit margin. They're giving me 3,000%. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, so either the person is uh, in extreme distress, they can't get access to capital to control their own brand, or they just, uh, are uh, they have low self-esteem, they don't see their value, or they just don't understand business very well, and they're focused on the wrong thing. So, so that's my two cents on this. I, I, I really stand by this point. And, uh, you know, and I don't know how Dion would feel about this one way or the other. I know Jeff Lightsey Jr. is a friend of mine, and, and I know Dion told him personally that he wasn't happy with some of the things that Jeff had to say about this. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, I get it. I understand. If I was Dion, I'd probably be a little annoyed, too. He's trying to just coach football, live his life. And here we got people saying things like this, but I don't care. I don't care about Dion. I care about y'all. 
And I need y'all to understand that the same way that Dion unfortunately has sold a massive asset to white folks, a lot of you are selling your children in the same way. When you raise your child, you're a brilliant, talented, extraordinary child, and you never put your child in a space where they're going to learn how to run a business. And you're never going to put your child in a space where they learn how to control an institution. You never put your child in a space where they understand their true worth. And, and all you do is you sell them to corporate America. You tell them to go get a good job and hope for the best. You're hurt. That, that to me, that's, that's the economic version of child abuse. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of y'all's kids might be average. Some of your kids are even below average. Maybe below average people. Maybe that's the best option that they have. You know, again, if Dion was a below average coach, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm having this conversation because he's an extraordinary coach. If the, if Deion Sanders were even an average coach who could just go and do something simple like win football games, then I wouldn't have this conversation either because $5 million a year is a, is a decent salary for a coach that can win games, especially turning around a program like Colorado. But again, this conversation is happening because Dion is much more than a coach. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying so I can be done. And uh, I'm watching Black Mirror with my wife, and she's been very patient to let me share this with you all. Uh, so I got I got to roll on out of here, man. But but I just had to share this point because, uh, it, you know, as a finance guy, it bothers me. It really bothers me because I can see the wealth going out the window. I see where, uh, you know, you look at Colorado and you know, we get excited because we got these little celebrities making a couple million dollars, maybe 10, 20 million dollars or whatever. Some of them call themselves billionaires. And then you got these regular ass mediocre white folks who are sitting on a $2.14 billion a year budget to run a mediocre institution that don't even allow black people to teach on the damn campus. Literally, if you go through and you go, I bet you if you go through the biology department of this school, I, I would be shocked if they have more than one or two black professors. Go to the mathematics department, see how many black people you see over there. Go, go look in the medical school and see how many black professors are in the medical school. Look, look, go, go look over in computer science and see if they hire black computer scientists. But then I want you to go to basketball practice and see how many black people you see on the basketball court. Universities do this. My wife and I are both college professors. There, there's my wife. She was hanging out with me this weekend. And my wife works at a university that literally has zero African-American males on the entire fac faculty, not one single African-American male, but they always glad to recruit black people to play basketball. That's your problem. You get typecast, you get left behind by these other institutions. And then you get further stuck because when somebody comes along and says, Hey y'all, let's build some institutions that serve us. Let's put ourselves first. People get mad. People want to attack that person. Like somehow you're the enemy. No, the enemy are the people that are keeping you oppressed. The enemy is not the person who's coming with a potential solution. The enemy are, is the people that want things to remain in the status quo. So these damn institutions, University of Colorado, I'm sorry, they can kiss my entire black ass. This is a racist institution, but these mediocre people are sitting on a $2.1 billion a year budget. Literally, the amount of money they pay Dion in a year is the amount of money they make in a day. They're, they're, they're laughing. They're sitting there laughing. They're thinking, wow. We just bought one of the greatest assets in the entire black community, and all we had to pay was shit money. We paid the amount of money that we spend on toilet paper every year. This ain't even the amount of money. We can't even wash our windows for this amount of money, and we literally took an asset from the black community that was worth a billion dollars. We took their Jackie Robinson, and we used it. We, we spent money that, that we don't even use to buy sneakers.
That's how pathetic you end up looking when you don't understand your worth. So what I'm saying to you black people is that if you never learn your value, then the world never will either. If you never stand up for yourself, white folks ain't gonna stand up for you either. If you keep playing yourself, then they are gonna play you like a damn fiddle. And so the black people that I love, the ones I appreciate right now the most are the ones who understand our value, the ones who are looking for something better, the ones who are trying to grow. Everybody else, man, they can just sit back and get mad. I have no interest <clears throat> in being second fiddle. I'm not a beta to the white man's alpha. I'm the alpha to his alpha. I'm alpha squared, alpha plus. You know, my, my goal is to have every black man in this planet recognize our greatness and sit at the table of kings and not the table of the court jesters, not just be the comedian, not just be the rapper, not just be the athlete. I want you to be the boss. And last night when I was on this podcast called um, Hardly Initiated, the most beautiful thing about this discussion I had with these brothers Smart guys, smart guys. And one, the guy on my left is Stevie Bags. He played he played 10 years in the NFL. He knows what it's like to be a great athlete. He know, He's done all that. But I sat at a table with kings. And the reason we were kings had nothing to do with our athletic ability. It had everything to do with our intellect. It had everything to do with our gray matter. It had everything to do with how we think, it, how we strategize, how we view the world, how we don't compromise and fold and bend over for everybody that's got a couple of nickels in their pocket. So shout out to every black man and black woman who thinks the same way. I just want you to know I see you and I hear you and I respect you and I appreciate you. And it's going to be people like you who get us out of this mess. It ain't going to be the celebrities. It ain't going to be the athletes. It ain't going to be the rappers. They, they too high right now. They too, they too busy to rapping about killing each other. It's going to be intelligent black people. That's what it's going to be. I'm done talking. Let me stop my rant for today. I did not mean to go too far, but if I did and I pissed somebody off, then I cannot apologize because my goal is to tell the truth and I don't care what it sounds like. So anyway, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, this podcast is called DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. We are also on Spotify. If you look me up on Spotify, you will find us there. Uh, also, uh, I have a new book out. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is available on Amazon, so feel free to go to Amazon to take a look. Also, at my website, voicewalkins.com, there's a free training you can check out if you'd like called How to Make Money Without Working. As you know, my PhD is in finance. I love teaching black people about wealth. This will change your life. I guarantee it. So just go to boycewalkins.com to take a look. Last but not least, uh, don't forget the All Black National Convention is happening in October uh, uh, in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. Um, I was texting with the Wall Street Trapper. I think he's going to join us this year. I love this brother. I have so much respect for him. Uh, Killer Mike, I'm going to try to talk him into coming back this year. Killer Mike came to the first one and did a great job. So some of your entertainers are really on your side and really doing good work and very intelligent people that I respect. But also we're bringing your doctors. We're bringing your lawyers. We're bringing your scientists. We're bringing your engineers. We're bringing your crypto experts, your AI specialists. We're bringing all different kinds of people that can help us lead the world the way we should. So if you'd like to join us at the convention, just visit allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, that's allblacknationalconvention.com. You can learn more. You can also be a vendor, sponsor, whatever you want to be. We don't take corporate money. We don't take government money. But if you have a black-owned business that wants some promotion, uh, then feel free to get a booth at the, at the convention, or you can just uh, do advertising with us. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. Let me go hang with my wife. I love you, and uh, have a wonderful day. Take care now. Peace.